Welcome to the Badass Lightworker Podcast. My name is Ella Sang, and I'm a spiritual life and business coach, master manifester, and lover of all things woo. If you are a spiritual entrepreneur or leader looking to own your purpose and truth to make massive impact in this world, then you've found the right place. It is my mission to empower badass, ambitious lightworkers to embrace their soul purpose, shine their light online with confidence, and manifest their most soul-aligned business in life. You deserve to create your dream reality, and this podcast will give you all the spirituality manifestation, mindset, and business tools to make it happen. Get ready to raise your vibration big time and to raise the vibration of this entire planet with your light. You with me? Hey, hey, badass lightworkers. Welcome back to the Badass Lightworker podcast, and I'm so excited to hop on episode 32 with you today. And most importantly, I'm super pumped to share with you this interview that I had with an amazing badass lightworker called Kristen Noel. Kristen and I chatted all about manifesting wealth in your business and life and specifically using Chinese metaphysics. So Kristen is a spiritual business coach who helps early stage entrepreneurs build and launch a business by design using their birthday. And she does this by incorporating Chinese metaphysics and feng shui with business and marketing strategy, which is so fascinating when Kristen Kristen told me what she's doing. I'm like, I've literally have never heard of this before. And so she loves to empower women to step into their purpose and in life. And to Kristen, the perfect business is when you are operating from your essence, along with a mix of manifestation, intuition, systems, structure, and energy flow, which I completely resonate with. And we chatted a lot about not boxing yourself and not following the cookie cutter strategies that you may have felt like you need to align with. And so in this interview, we chat all about Kristen's background helping female entrepreneurs in Armenia and also how you can use feng shui and Chinese metaphysics for manifestation in your life and business. There is so much goodness in this episode so without further ado let's jump right into it. Amazing. So I am so excited to have on the Badass Lightworker podcast today Kristen Noel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. I just really can't wait for us to dive deep and just chat it out. Yeah, me too. So I'm so excited to get into Chinese metaphysics, feng shui, all that great stuff. But before we dive into that, can you please tell us more about who you are, what you do in your business and how you shine your light in the world? Yeah. So I I love this question because I just want to keep it super, super simple, right? I feel like sometimes people kind of draw out their answer. And so Mm -hmm. for to keep it really quick and simple, basically I help entrepreneurs build a business by design using their birthday. So we can get into it in the interview, but to put it plainly, that's basically what I do. Ooh, okay. Amazing. And so what inspired you to follow this path to kind of follow being a coach and a spiritual business coach? So my story dates back to 2000, I would say 13. So that's actually when I graduated college. Um, I was working for like um, an entertainment company for about a year. And then that's when I decided to actually take a huge right turn or left turn, whatever you may call it. And <laughs> a different I, way I, turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just, it was a different turn. Okay. And I became um, a Peace Corps volunteer. So Um, For those of you guys, I don't know if everyone knows what a Peace Corps volunteer is, but basically it's a U.S. governmental program, and Mm -hmm. you live in a third world country, um, second world too, um, for about three years, and when you're living there, you're basically helping um, a community with their needs or whatever they need help with. So 
basically the reason why I joined the Peace Corps was I, I grew up in a very Asian household, very traditional, and I just never, ever like explored outside California. Um, and I would just say, and you guys will understand this a little bit more um, in a bit, but um, I just always felt like I wasn't in my own skin. Like I didn't really know who I was. I kind of was um, basically living the lifestyle of what my parents wanted me to be. Yeah. And so um, being in college kind of gave me that uh, little nudge, right? I was around other badasses. I was around other people that were really living their dream or at least attempting to. And so I just wanted to just do something super insane, super out of left field, like I said, and I joined the Peace Corps. Um, and again, this was total fate, right? Where basically they assigned me with a group of eight women entrepreneurs and my job was to help tell their story and to market their um, products and services in European markets. So that's exactly how I became who I am now. I mean, during that time, I didn't call myself a coach. I was more of a consultant. Um, but a lot of the things that I did was mindset and was marketing strategy as well as, you know, everything really combined as a coach. Um, and that's how I started. So I did that for three years, um, came back to the U.S. and worked for LinkedIn. So I was um, working for a corporate company. And it, I kind of went backwards. Most people like work for a corporate <laughs> company. <laughs> most people work for a corporate company and then they're like oh shit I hate this and then they leave whereas for me again like I was in the Peace Corps I found my passion but when I came back to the U.S. like I said I was really heavily influenced by my parents um mm -hmm. and yeah like I just thought that I just had to work for someone that was what success looked like um to my dad um and again I'm not blaming them and I'll get more into that during like the mindset portion but um, I just thought that that was what life was. And when I was working for corporate, I was just like, there is something off because I did not feel like this when I was, you know, basically living in Armenia and coaching, you know, um, the women that I was helping. And that's when I worked for LinkedIn for about a year and a half and then quit my job, um, got my real estate license. And then after that, I was like, okay, like, let me, how can I combine all of this, all of my experience? And that's when um, I went back into business consulting or coaching with the may. Yeah. So that was a, that was a long story, but hopefully no, but you got that, the gist. Yeah, no, but that's so fascinating. I love how it's just like such a different story. And like you're saying, like, it's almost like a backwards flip to the typical story that we hear. So yeah, no, I completely relate to you, you know, when it comes to a Chinese upbringing and also your parents wanting you to be a certain way. So how would you say you kind of navigated out of that to really embracing like what makes you passionate and like what lights you up and doing that fully today? Yeah, so that's a good question because when I was living with them, um, it was really hard for me to find my voice and to, to mm -hmm. find who I was, right? So I would say, again, I, I did back to Armenia or my Peace Corps experience because it really did change me. It was one of those turning points in my life that I was like able to see, aha, like this is like who I am. Because when I was living in Armenia, um, I was really able to do things without having my parents um, over me or like their pressure over me or even like society for that matter right because in mm -hmm. some sense in my mindset at the time I was living in a completely different country I was new here I could really reinvent myself so by reinventing myself um, in that environment it pushed me to actually further find myself and so I actually um, really discovered Chinese metaphysics actually in mm -hmm. Armenia 
So I learned about it with my parents. So growing up, my mom was, I grew up in a feng shui household and she really taught me a lot of things about feng shui and it was passed down from my grandmother to my mom and to now me. But I didn't really practice it um, until I was living in Armenia. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, for sure. And you set it up perfectly for me to ask you the next question, which is, how exactly, you know, do you use Chinese metaphysics and feng shui in your business to help entrepreneurs and to help women? And can you please tell us how these modalities kind of help people get into life and business alignment? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, let me explain to you guys a little bit about what Chinese metaphysics is. So in a sense, um, you know, how would I put this simply? So in Chinese metaphysics, there's so many modalities, right? So to put it really simply, let's break it down to just feng shui and astrology, like Chinese mm-hmm. astrology, because uh, there's five modalities that Chinese metaphysics essentially practices. But for me, I focus more on feng shui and more on astrology because it's I think it's the easiest way and it's the most fascinating way for people to really understand themselves. So how it relates to business and how it relates to life is that First of all, um, so we believe in something called the cosmic trinity, right? So the cosmic trinity is basically, um, it makes up heaven, man, and earth. Now, a lot of people think that manifestation is, um, they, they, may, they might be manifest, manifesting or whatnot, but they're not getting the results that they want. Mm-hmm. And when I ask them, like, okay, like, what are you doing? They're doing all the things that a lot of gurus are, are teaching, which is great. I really do uh, believe what they're doing is, is powerful. <laughs> but... At the same time, um, in Cosmic Trinity, we believe in heaven, man, and earth. And so um, for me personally, I I really believe that law of attraction and manifestation only makes up 33% of Mm -hmm. your your entire being, right? So that means that the other 33% is actually um, your environment, right? Earth. And and then the other 33% is um, your connection to spirit. So, So in a sense... Um, when people understand this and they practice feng shui in their daily life, they're able to really see manifestation a lot faster, number one. And then number two is um, the idea of Chinese astrology, right? So um, in terms of manifesting, wow, um, (laughs) a lot of people kind of um, either copy or model after other people's success. Mm -hmm. Um, And although that is useful in some degree, I really think that if people don't know who they are innately and how they operate and what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, they're not fully capable of finding the same exact success as that person that they're trying to model, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in, when it comes to like Chinese metaphysics, that's also why I really believe that people need to understand who they are. And that's where Chinese astrology comes in. Number one, and number two, be in the right environment um, and learn how to harness the energy in their environment so that they could really live their best life and make their business um, that much more successful. Yeah, that is super powerful. And I agree with you is that like, even within law of attraction manifestation, it's like there is no one necessarily right way. It really depends on the person and their energy as well. And just like what feels in alignment for them. So that's super great that, you know, you're adding in all these like new ways of helping people discover themselves. And so you're talking about with feng shui and the environment, like what would be some examples of how, you know, someone can use feng shui to change their environment for the better? Yeah, so I can give you guys like some basic, basic things um, because it can get really deep. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me just give you guys, I guess, like three tips. So the first tip I always tell my clients um, is to really put yourself in the command position. So um, 
So uh, the command position is basically where you're able to see the door. So the door is not behind you. So that that is applies to everything. That's where you're sitting at your desk. That is whenever you're sitting at a restaurant, wherever the case may be, because we believe that the energy the chi comes in through the door. That's where the majority of the energy comes in. So you will always want to be facing the door, not directly because then the energy would just be shooting at you, but um, be able to see the door at an angle. So what that means really is that uh, not only are you not putting yourself in a vulnerable position, because sometimes when the, the, the door is in the back of you, like you don't yeah. know what's coming through. You don't know you, who's right? coming in. <laughs> right. And so like, so subconsciously it really does put you in a position where you're um you know kind of like on edge and again people don't realize this but um i have seen a lot of different cases where i've helped my clients when i was in real estate as well even now where they changed their desk formation and they were able to see so much a, a huge change in their lives right they feel more in control of their workspace and i think also if you ever step into like any ceo like office, like you never see their desk, like you never see their back, right? Like you always mm -hmm. see like them when you walk into their office. So it's the same type of concept. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm moving <laughs> next week. And literally as you're talking, I'm just like, like planning where to put my desk in my apartment. <laughs> So, I love that. Yeah. Send me a picture and I'll definitely I, like, I totally will. I'll be like, is this good? <laughs> yeah. So that's the very, very, very first, like tip that I can give people. Um, another tip too is uh, a good way to really harness energy in your environment is having plants. So I noticed that you have yeah. plants uh, because plants are living things and same with crystals or whatnot. Um, but it's also the type of plants that you have in your environment that that really um, make a big difference, right? So um, I remember going to someone's uh, condo once when I was a real estate agent and she had a lot of cactuses. Yeah. Um, like by her balcony or whatnot. So cactuses are like pointy edges, right? Yeah. And so it's like, even looking at it with your eyes, it's basically telling people like not to come into your home. And like when you're in such a protective environment, like, yes, I get your home, it should be secure, but you're, you're basically missing opportunities. You're, you're, you're not allowing things to kind of flow into your space or into your environment. So um, I would say, first of all, get a plant. If you don't have a plant in your work environment, but also the type of plant matters. So I recommend plants like a money tree or like plants that have like round edges. I'm not like a plant expert, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but anything that is very soothing to the eye and, and really um, harnesses good energy, I would say, to put a plant in your Amazing. space. And does it matter whether it's a live plant or an artificial one? Because personally, I have a lot of artificial just because like with like living in Montreal with not a lot of sunlight, it's yeah. better, but does that also like impact? Um, I mean, yes and no. Okay. So for me, I, I see it this way, right? So a lot of like feng shui masters would say like that would make a difference because plants have living energy, mm -hmm. right? It's chi. But at the same time, I really believe that's also intention, right? So if your yeah. intention is pure, if your intention is to put some like liveliness into your space, then I think it's okay. Um, like I have found that you know, with people that have artificial plants, it, it really brightens up their environment, right? When they look mm -hmm. at it, it looks great. Um, so I don't think it really matters. But if you can get a live plant, I would suggest that instead. Okay, I will definitely add that to my list. <laughs> and there's, there's plants that like don't like need a lot of sunlight, like for example, like a snake plant, um, that's like the most common plant that I have a bunch of them like in my home. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's a really good 
plant for um, to, like low lighting. Like if you have no light in your home, like no sunlight, then it's a good way to, um, it's good to own a, a snake plant. Okay, cool. That's really interesting. And going back also to what you were saying about your mission, about using people's birth dates to help them build that business by design, like how exactly is that birth date then tied into like the astrology and the Chinese metaphysics and the feng shui? Yeah, so this is how I do it currently, right? So all of my private clients that, you know, coach with me, the very first thing that we do is that I look into their birthday and their time of birth. So, mm -hmm. so we believe again with Chinese metaphysics that we're born with a specific blueprint, right? Yeah. So when we, so think of it like this, right? So when you're born, you're creating like a dent or like this, there's like an essence about you that comes alive. So yeah. with that blueprint, you are so unique to the world. Um, and obviously like some people have very, a lot of similarities, especially if they're born around the same time or same date. But um, I would say that whenever I'm able to discover or look into someone's charts, I'm able to better guide them because I know exactly what they're good at. I know exactly what um, their passions are or what their purpose is. And in that chart, I'm really able to really see all of that. And, and, and to get a little bit um, technical, it's called a box of the chart. So it's B-A-Z-I. Um, mm. And we use, we use so many different types of charts, but that's like the business, um, sorry, the astrology with your birthday. Um, so I use that. Um, and so for my, my purpose really is to help, um, a lot of early stage entrepreneurs who really want to, um, build a business, not only that is profitable, but number two, that is very innate to who they are. Because I yeah. think that the number one thing that I see a lot of people make in the beginning of business is that they really don't know who mm -hmm. they are yet. Right. They kind of chase after their gurus and I think it's so great that we have so many great models in this world, but sometimes your guru is not who you are, right? Their strengths may be different than yours. So again, modeling after their business or whatever it may be is, um, can be a little bit detrimental in the sense that you just don't know like what is, what, who they are, what they're doing, whatever. And if you're applying the same things and, it, and it's kind of like conflicting your personality or your strengths, then it's kind of like you're swimming against the current instead of like swimming with the current, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's something that I have seen shift in myself and a lot of people in my community as well, where we're kind of shifting from that paradigm of like the cookie cutter boxed in strategy in business to like actually creating, oh my God, my cat is next to me as she just fell. <laughs> Um, to really building that business that is in alignment with who we are and realizing that, you know, we don't necessarily need to fit within like a set niche per se, because even your business, like there were, like I have personally never seen anything like this before. And you kind of created that for yourself. But if you were to fit into a box and be like, okay, what are other business coaches doing? Oh, I have to do the same. Then you're going to lose out on that magic. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And so what would you say when it comes to manifesting wealth and manifesting that business alignment and success, what would be some of your top tips for doing that using the Chinese metaphysics, the feng shui, and also any other elements? Yeah. So my first tip, um, I'll give you guys, or I'll give you three tips. Um, the first one is, again, like I said, I'm going to repeat this, but knowing yourself to your core, right? So mm -hmm. obviously you can get your charts read by me, or you can really find any personality tests. Um, out there to really hone in on your strengths. 
I think that a lot of people miss out on that. They really, really do. They just jump right into like hiring a business coach or they jump right into a program that like is marketed to them. I think in this world, it is so easy for us to fall under shiny object syndrome. I mean, like how many like people yeah. are marketing their programs like as we speak, right? Like yeah. it's so noisy to the fact that, um, you know, any program that pops up that like claims to save you or claims to save your business, you're like, oh my God, maybe I should do that one. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying not to do it. I'm just saying that before you decide to invest in that next program or the next, next coach, like really get to know yourself more, right? And so, um, you know, taking a personality test, getting your charts read, you know, by me or for, by someone else. And then um, lastly, actually, I'll give you a little bit of a hint of what I'm working on. Um, this is a little bit off topic, but I'm actually creating a book right now where I was able to discover a way to for people to read their own charts without me having to do it. Um, so I'm really excited because that's my next big project to roll this out. Um, it's not as specific as an actual chart reading done by me, mm -hmm. obviously, but um, it still works. And it's still like flushes out who you are and like your values and like your strengths and all that stuff. So I'm currently working on that. But, you know, once that that's out, I would obviously, you know, read into that and see exactly like who you are. And from there, build a business around that, around your values, around your, you know, strengths instead of, you know, going to that next person or trying to copy someone else or model someone else. Um, and then the second tip I would say is to really be in the right environment that supports you. So um, kind of like your Facebook community or um, how would I say, like a lot of people, and this is the same mistake that I made, right? Like where, when I was living with my parents, that wasn't a, a, a very supportive community for me or right environment for me. And again, there's nothing wrong with my parents. It was just that I think a lot of people, they try to do something dramatic or make a huge change in their lives without considering that. Um, maybe their environment can affect who they are. And sometimes you do have to change your environment to get into a better space. Um, and if you can't change your environment, you can, but um, if you can't change your environment, you can do like other small things, right? Join a Facebook group or push yourself to like, I don't know, like go to more meetup events that support your bigger vision instead of just like being by yourself and working by yourself and just like, you know, thinking that that's the answer. Um, and then the third tip I have, um, sorry if I'm like talking about this too much. No, this is but, amazing. <laughs> um, the third tip I would say is to really cultivate belief about before anything else. So yeah. belief, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I can't even explain to you how belief is so powerful. I think that human beings, we hang so tightly to our beliefs that when there's a new belief that's introduced, we kind of like hold on tight to ours and we don't, we're not very open-minded to other people's beliefs. Right. So that also comes down to believing in yourself. So a lot of people just have a lot of doubt. And when you have doubt in your business or starting a business, it's, you're really, really hitting against a lot of resistance. So um, cultivating belief in yourself so that you can really flourish in your business, I would say is one of the top three things that has really changed the game for me in terms of, um, building mine and scaling mine. Yeah, no, belief is everything. I literally just got this tattoo the other day that says, believe it and you'll see it. It's like right over here. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, like belief is so important because as I always say, your beliefs shape your reality. Because if you believe something to be possible, then you can 
create that space to see it. But if you're closed off to it, then even if it's happening, you're not going to witness it in your reality. So that is so powerful. And that actually leads perfectly to talking about mindset. So I know that you also very much value creating a strong mindset foundation. So what has your mindset journey looked like up to now? And what would be some of like your key mindset tips for uh, new entrepreneurs, but also entrepreneurs who have been in the game for a while? Yeah. Oh my God. Mindset. I love mindset, by the way. (laughs) I love it as much as metaphysics. Um, But I would really attest to saying that my mindset journey came from, stemmed from my childhood, right? I think that it stems from everyone's childhood. Um, And to be honest with you, I'm still like working on my mindset daily. I think that that's something that most people need to understand is that not only is entrepreneurship like a lifelong thing where you're constantly learning, but same with your mindset. You're you're constantly having to do the work, the inner work to really get yourself in a, in a place where you can keep pushing in your business, right. Or keep doing what you're doing. So uh, my mindset journey, I would say, like I said, really began, I guess the, the, it came from like a really dark place. So when I came back from Armenia into the U S um, I kind of hit a huge depression, right? Because like, I was living in another country for three years. I was doing such like amazing work, honestly. Like I was literally with my own two eyes able to see the change that I was doing for these women, um, especially with, since they were living in such a, a poor circumstance and they were able to make money for themselves and empowering women. I think that's like the main um, theme to this to my whole life. Mm -hmm. But when I came back to the US, I really felt like, oh my gosh, like I kind of like lost that. Like, you know, what what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And um, it took the mindset work in order for me to be put in a situation where I'm like, okay, like it's time for me to start my own business, right? So in terms of mindset, um, for those people that don't know where to start, you know, nowadays it's so easy to find like someone to help you with your mindset, right? There's so many books out there. There's so many podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, trainings or whatever the case may be. But my very first tip is to, um, to really look at your habits. Um, a lot of people don't think that habits have anything to do with mindset, but habits are such a huge component because when you look at the mindset of a seven-figure entrepreneur, people that are making, you know, that are in the top, like top 1%, it is really their habits that make up their lifestyle or their business or whatever the case may be. And a lot of people, like I said, they just think that it's just mindset. Well, mindset is a component to it, but you need to have the habits that back up the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes mindset is hard to change because it's like, it's kind of like motivation, right? Like, let's just say like you wake up one day and you're just feeling shitty as fuck or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that's I'm supposed to curse on this podcast. It's okay, I always do. <laughs> so like, let's just say like, okay, you wake up, you're feeling shitty and you know, you can have a really great mindset. You can journal it out or whatever the case may be, right? Journaling is also another tip I would recommend to people. But if you have developed habits that are sustainable, that really back you up, then you, your identity is tied to these habits and you just automatically do them without mm-hmm. thinking too much about the motivation aspect, right? A lot of people um, that are really successful, they're very attached to, the, to their habits. So it's like, it's kind of like autopilot. It's like when you're driving where you're not thinking about like, okay, like I have to shift gears or I have to put on my blinkers. It's not like an active thought. It really is just 
automatic. And the reason why it's automatic is because you've been doing it for so long. So I would say like for people that are struggling with their mindset, struggling with motivation, struggling to like just change their bad, you know, thoughts or habits is to form better habits that better serve you. Yeah, that is so true. And that's kind of where to, um, for myself personally, and what I always talk about is having that morning routine, especially in the morning when your subconscious mind is so alert and awake and just like, okay, like suggestible, you want to make sure that you have those habits in place that are going to serve you rather than taking away from your energy for the day. So what does your daily alignment practice look like? Do you have like a spiritual practice that you practice on a regular basis? And how does that help you stay grounded in your truth and inspired to keep on sharing your work? Yeah. So, um, I actually talked about this last week, literally about my morning routine, but I I definitely (laughs) have a morning routine. I have a daily practice. So I personally wake up around 6am, um, every morning. And for me, I work best in the morning. Um, I think it's also really crucial for you to understand your body and see, because some people work better at night and that's not who I am. Um, so I push all of my priorities, um, in the morning. So, my daily practice is probably about an hour. Um, and the first thing I do is really, you know, actually the first thing I do is that I walk my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I also think that that ties into, um, your morning practice because so in terms of like moving your body, right. Most people, they get up, um, and maybe they just like journal or like they meditate, but because like I said, your body is just waking up sometimes you do need to move your body so that you're, you're, you're awake. Right. So for me, I go out, I walk my dog. I like, can like, there's like that, that, um, that fresh air, right. I can smell it. I can feel it. And then I come back and that's when I dive into my journal. Um, and what I do is that I, I, I really set intentions, right. So first of all, I, I always like say the things that I'm grateful for. I think that being grateful as cliche as it may sound um, really rewires your brain to subconsciously look at your life and just be like very grateful for it so you can attract more things, right? Yeah. When you're in that energy, you're really able to um, perform better. So I do that. And then I also set my intentions for the day. And so I have now made it so that everything that I put down in writing, I actually do. So in the past, I used to have this bad habit of writing my intentions and actually never finishing it. Right. So people, some people have like a long to-do list and what they do is they end up like checking off the, the items. And then there's like a few things that are left over and what they do is they move it to the next day. So that used to be me. And I realized that I was kind of, it wasn't, I wasn't operating at my, at my best at that time because it's kind of like self self integral commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really believe in like words and like how powerful words are. So if you say that you're going to do something and then you end up not doing it, it really does affect your self-esteem. Like you don't see it like right away, but it kind of chips at it because it's basically like, you know, we're very, very good at being integral to other people. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just say like someone's like, let's meet, let's meet at this restaurant at this time. You know, most of the time we're, we're pretty good at that, but in terms of self-integral and self-commitment, that's the part that I feel like a lot of people are like, okay with, right? Like they brush yeah. aside. They're like, well, like no one else knows that, you know, I have this going on. So it's okay if like, I don't follow through, but that's also why I recommend people not to have a long to-do list, but really mm-hmm. to set 
um, you know, intentions that you know you can do, right? Like work with your calendar, time block, or whatever the case may be. Um, but don't like overextend yourself. That's the one thing that I used to do, which is like, I just overworked myself. I'm like, okay, it's the hustle. That's what it is. Yeah. And um, now it's more of like, okay, being very intentional and clear about what does my day look like? Can I actually do it? Is it realistic? And writing it down and actually checking off every single thing. Um, and then after that, I, I definitely do a meditation. So it can range from doing the meditation first or journaling first, whatever I feel like at that moment. But within that one hour, I do those things. Um, and for those of you guys that want a free meditation, I do something called a sage mode meditation, which is part of Chinese metaphysics. Um, and you can find that like on my website. But uh, we believe in different deities or guides. So every position that you face is a different deity. So I feel like that's a whole different topic. That's so fascinating. For sure, we'll drop the link in the show notes for people to download that meditation. And no, I'm just so jealous. You're like, yeah, like I get to go walk my dog. I'm like, I wonder if I can try doing that with my cat. <laughs> I wonder how Bella would feel about that. Probably not very happy. Oh my gosh. Okay, girl. Like, this is the kind of off topic, but I have to say this. But like, I just recently started hanging out with cats a lot more because honestly, like, I just like, I, I don't really hang out with cats. I never grew up with cats and one of my yeah. here has two cats and I actually had my dog or my dogs meet her cats and um it was it was just so fascinating because they're just two different species and they are so different I know a hundred percent I know I'm like I wish I could walk my cat but I'm pretty sure I've tried this before she would just sit there and just not move <laughs> so I'm like I don't think I would be getting much fresh air beyond like the front of my door <laughs> So I will, I will probably just take myself for that walk in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Or like jumping jacks. Like I know I have a friend yeah. that does jumping jacks in the morning to like wake herself up or there's so many different ways, right? But just yeah. like that motion will really um, get you in motion. Yeah, a hundred percent. So what keeps you going in your light work and continuing to show up every single day, sharing your message, serving your clients, especially when challenges arise and fears creep up? Because like you said, mindset is like a whole journey and so like of course down the road like fears and things are going to pop up so how do you deal with that and just keep on going yeah I love this question because um someone asked me this the other day and first of all I think it's so normal to have setbacks okay Mm -hmm. I think that people should accept that about themselves like it's not gonna be I'm not gonna give you some answer where it's like it's all daisies and rainbows all yeah there's gonna be failures there's going to be setbacks and number one is accepting them right like accepting that it's gonna come and actually if you can accept more failures into your life you'll probably be more successful right because just and I'll give the example of yin and yang so in you know Chinese metaphysics we believe in, in a concept called yin and yang and so most people think that yin and yang is about balance or it's like the opposite actually what yin and yang is and to clarify it even more is that it's not um, like opposites in the sense, like it's black and white and it's, it's bad and good. It's that, how is it that these two different things that are different can come together as a whole, right? So Mm -hmm. your bad experiences, um, are not bad. People label them as bad or your failures are not bad. It is like you need it in order to complete your entire journey or you, you, you need to be, you need it to be complete and to be whole. Yeah. So instead of seeing it as like, 
a bad thing, start to see it, start to see your failures as a really, really good thing because the more you have it, the more you're going to be more polished and refined. Um, but what really keeps me going is two things. Um, number one is my future daughter. So Aww. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I'm going to get emotional talking about this, but it's because, um, okay, I'll dive into the story really quickly, but yeah. growing up, like um, my mom and I were really, really close growing up and she was the type of person that I really looked up to, but, and then we had this conversation actually where like in some ways she kind of disempowered me and I'll explain Mm -hmm. this. And the reason why is because like, she always encouraged me to follow my dreams, but I never saw her follow hers. Like she would talk about hers, um, but she just never went through with it. And, you know, as a child, it really taught me that like, maybe I can't do it because mom can't do it. Right. Number one, Mm -hmm. or like, or like, you know, maybe it's not possible or whatever the case may be like as a child, like, I mean, you're young, like all you yeah. see is what you see, you kind of absorb everything, you're a sponge. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I really like, really believe that we're all meant here. We're all meant to put like to be on this earth for a specific purpose and like, mm-hmm. um, whatever purpose that you have, you really might as well pursue it because you have one life, number one. Yeah. And so for me, I, I really want to make sure that my daughter understands that it's possible for her to be whoever she wants to be. And I cannot be a hypocrite and I cannot tell her that unless like I'm also walking that path. Right. So um, I wrote a blog post about this, like a, like a letter to my daughter. So, you know, if you want to feel inspired when like, just check it out. But, mm-hmm. um, and the second one is actually um, my time in Armenia. So I told you that I, literally consulted eight women entrepreneurs and these eight women entrepreneurs came from really horrible backgrounds. I mean, um, they're, my gosh, like some of them were like beaten. Some of them were like raped. Um, they, their story really inspired me to help more women find their voice and be empowered. Right. Because it's, it's, it's one thing by hearing these stories, but actually living with the, like living and seeing their story yeah. and telling their story, um, it really pushed me to, to help other women because I know that there's so much women out there that feel disempowered, um, feel like they're not living up to their fullest potential. Um, they're not chasing their dreams or their, their strengths or, not, or like not living their strengths or their passions, right? Like they're just going about life, um, based on someone else's idea of what they need to be or what, who they should be. So those are the two things that top two things I would say really pushes me is, you know, my experience in Armenia, my future daughter. And then the last thing would be obviously the people that I work with, right. Or the mm-hmm. people that follow me, because again, I, I tend to attract, I tend to attract a lot of women that have been through the same things. Number one or number two, that they want to somehow, um, release their gifts to the world right mm-hmm. and so most of the time the biggest thing that stops them is really just like their their thoughts about themselves or is either their environment or whatever the case may be um and so it's because it's such a common theme i, I think that this is in um like a, an issue that needs to be addressed in this world and that's also why i'm so grateful for people like you mm-hmm. that are also light workers that that our mission is really to help people um come out of this darkness that they feel like they're in on a daily basis or whatever weekly and then and and be able to make a difference in the world that is aligned with who they are 
Yeah, man, that was so beautiful. You have no idea. I'm like getting like goosebumps and chills. And I'm just like, oh my God, that really struck a chord inside me. Because I can't even begin to explain how much I agree with everything that you said in terms of being a role model, helping other women, and really just like getting people out of the dark and into the light. That is like, I absolutely love it. So I'm so glad that that keeps you going. And I think the biggest shift too, that was true for me, um, is just realizing that it's not about us, right? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about like something so much bigger. And when we focus on that, it makes the work a lot easier, even when challenges come up. So with that said, what are you planning in your next level reality? What does your next level in life and business looks like? Um, I know you have a book coming, so that's exciting. So what else is being planned? Oh, man, I feel like um, a lot, a lot (laughs) coming. And I think that's the one thing that um, I have to be careful of, because again, I I do love to sprint. I love, I have so many ideas that come up and I want to do all of them at the same time. And I just have to pace myself. But yes, the book is coming up. I think that's like the probably the nearest one. Um, I'm hoping to really finish it by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going on. Um, I really want to serve people on a different level. next year. So a lot of my work right now is one-on-one consulting and, and, you know, I did a group coaching program before, um, but I really want to be able to serve more people. That's also why I thought of this, the idea of this book, but a lot of people, let's say can't afford my one-on-one services. I want to be, I want it to be easy for them to, to still work on work with me in some level. So I'm really planning on creating programs that are more short bursts, but, but they still get the results that they need. So I would say the book is the number one, like huge thing that's happening. And then obviously the other programs that I'm coming up with. And also I would love to like do more speaking opportunities and kind of meet more people in person. Um, here's the thing. This is the one tip that I really want to share with you guys is that when I started my business, um, this was about a year and a half ago, like I said, I, I really didn't follow my own advice, which is so, but basically what I did was that like I saw everyone like, like making it big on Instagram, like Instagram was like the thing. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to be on Instagram too. And it was just like me, um, kind of killing myself trying to like figure out the Instagram algorithm or whatnot. But I realized that like my gift was really more like connecting with people, like something like this, like through podcasting or through speaking, cause mm-hmm. I've done speaking in the past. So there's different marketing strategies that work for different people. And this is what I mean is that's also why I want to focus on the end of this year. And also next year is really tuning in on what makes me unique and, and kind of like doing strat marketing strategies or putting myself out there that really meshes with who I am. And this is what I mean for those of you guys that are listening is that like, just because someone is like on Instagram and they're killing it and you know, like, doesn't mean that that's like your, your, path or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, right? It could be on YouTube or it could be more speaking or maybe it's like more in person. So it's like, don't limit yourself just because, you know, you see so many people doing, you know, a certain thing. Yeah. hundred percent. It's all about finding what works for you at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. And so if you were to create for yourself one mantra to reaffirm your badassery, what would it be? Or perhaps you already have one. <laughs> Um, okay. So mine right now is 
I am now developing habits of a seven-figure entrepreneur. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love like the now. It's like it's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's or not I, in the future. It's now. <laughs> exactly. And so I actually just came back from like a manifestation workshop um, last week. And this is what, what I got from it. The biggest takeaway was using words like becoming or developing because a lot of times we use affirmations like I am Mm-hmm. wealthy or I am whatever and that's great but like sometimes if you're not at that level yet right like for example I'm not a seven-figure entrepreneur yet if I keep saying like I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur a part of my brain's like okay that's bullshit right like yeah. <laughs> so, so what can it help aid the process is using words like I am now developing habits right? or I am becoming a seven-figure entrepreneur so that way you know it's still an affirmation but it's like, it's, but at the same time, it's like a stepping stone. It's like your brain is like, okay, yeah, I am. I am becoming a seven figure entrepreneur. That's, that's more true than I am a seven figure entrepreneur. That yeah, that is, I love that tip. That is so powerful because it is still true. And then it gets into your subconscious much easier as well. Exactly. So that is so amazing. And how can my audience find you, learn more about you, connect with you, let us know where they can come and hang with you. Yeah. So, um, I just launched a new website, so definitely check it out. It's kristinnoel.co. Um, you can also hang out with me in my Instagram stories. I love IG stories. That's my yes. like, thing. <laughs> so, on Instagram, it's also kristinnoel.co. Um, and then lastly, um, if you guys want to like see my face, you can, um, go on YouTube. I just launched a YouTube channel. Yay. That's amazing. <laughs> YouTube buddies. <laughs> yeah. That's something I'm still developing and I'm still like trying to like you know, understand more of, but I'm excited to be on that platform as well. So those three places would be your best bet. That's amazing. And we'll leave everything down in the show notes. So I just want to say thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on the Badass Lightworker podcast today. It was such a pleasure to have you. And honestly, it was so magical. I was just getting chills, goosebumps the entire time. And I'm sure my audience feels the same way. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. I loved it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview that I had with Kristen and that you were able to learn a few new things about Chinese metaphysics and feng shui. I know I personally totally did. And I also just had such a blast having this conversation with Kristen. So until the next Badass Lightworker podcast episode, I wish you guys a wonderful rest of your week and stay light and shine bright, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Badass Lightworker podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, I would be forever grateful if you can subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, as that helps more badass lightworkers find this podcast. Let's be sure to keep in touch. You can find me over on Instagram at PSMLA, on Facebook in my Facebook group, Badass Lightworker Tribe, or over on my website, PSMLA.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, go up there, shine your light, and make some massive impact. I love you.